0: Revolutions Per Minute is a weekly radio show from the New York City chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America, recorded live at WBAI 99.5 in Brooklyn every Tuesday at 5. RPM is about doing the work, the work to build a democratic socialist future. Every week, hear the latest news, analysis, and organizing experience from the minds and hearts of activists fighting every day in NYC. Join the movement at socialists.nyc.
1: What's up, New York? I'm Amy Wilson. You're listening to Revolutions Per Minute. We are a socialist radio show and podcast from members of the New York City Democratic Socialists of America. And today, against all odds, we are talking about public banking. The financial crisis of 2008 and the Occupy Wall Street movement reintroduced to the public consciousness the idea that big banks are not our friends. In 2019, with DSA-endorsed candidates like Bernie Sanders continuing to popularize socialism, Organizers around the country are working toward a material solution to the abuses of capital enabled by Wall Street, a public bank, democratically controlled by working people. Today on Revolutions Per Minute, we'll hear from New York City DSA's Debt and Finance Working Group on efforts to implement a public bank in New York City and deal a crushing blow to the heart of finance capital. Although it is Tuesday in Brooklyn and it is five o'clock exactly, uh, we are not live on WBAI at this moment Um, and I'd like to just pause and and take a second to um, explain why. Um, I'm here in the studio uh, with a few friends. I've got Jack Devine I've got Ramon who we'll be hearing from on today's topic and we have Reggie uh, who is helping us record today um, But the situation here uh, in our studio is not what any w- of us would like it to be. Um, is that right Jack?
0: Absolutely, it is. Uh, not a good situation to say the least.
1: Yeah, Say more
0: <laughs> so What happened um, early on Monday is that a faction uh, at Pacifica National um, seized control of operations at WBAI. Um, This action is um, legally dubious, to say the least. Um, It seems to be a pretty clear violation of Pacifica's bylaws. Um, And it is an anti-democratic measure. It was Mm -hmm. not approved by the national board. It did not go through any of the democratic processes, did not reach out to listenership. It seems pretty clear that this was a coup d'etat from a faction at the national organization that wants to scapegoat WBAI for many of the real problems that exist here at this station and throughout the entire Pacifica network. Here at Revolutions Per Minute, we're not in denial about the financial situation at WBAI, but we firmly believe that what is happening right now is the worst possible solution for the station and for the future of independent media on the left. This is an attempt to liquidate WBAI's democracy and Pacifica's democracy to empower in a certain faction within the organization. and is really a threat um, to working-class institutions as a whole. This is a move that would shift the organization, if successful, towards a more liberal nonprofit model. And what we want to do here is fight for democracy at WBAI, at Pacifica, and throughout our entire society – What happened by firing workers with no notice is absolutely unacceptable. It's absolutely
1: unacceptable.
0: And we stand in solidarity with everyone who's having to deal with a very precarious situation. um, And that we believe that there are real solutions Uh, to what's happening here, and there's a real necessity um, to make some changes. Uh, We're not going to get into that uh, specifically right now, but I think what's critical for listeners who are members of the WBAI community and are eligible to vote in these upcoming elections, it's really necessary to engage in that process, to vote, to prove that there is a real commitment from the community to support WBAI, to support democracy at WBAI and Pacific as a whole. And we really want to encourage you um, to do that and fight for independent working class institutions uh, like WBAI.
1: Thank you, Jack. Uh, I heartily second everything um, that that you just said. Uh, Revolutions Per Minute is relatively more new on the scene uh, for WBAI. This is our 40th episode. Uh, We started broadcasting in January of of 2019. But in that time, uh, being the radio show of the Democratic Socialists of America in New York City, we've been able to talk about the campaigns to decriminalize sex work. We've been able to talk about Tiffany Caban's campaign, her trauma-informed campaign for the Queens DA seat. We've been able to shine a light on um, organizing throughout the city and we're just one of many shows here on WBAI (laughs) that represents a truly grassroots movement perspective and uh, that home that WBAI has been for us uh, means a lot to our organizing and our ability to to reach people here in in New York City and to build a, a better world which is something that we feel that we deeply need to do. Um, as the Democratic Socialists of America, uh, we're not messing around. Um, this is not a hobby. This is not a game. Um, we're deadly serious because we're fighting for our lives against capitalism. So, that said, uh, I think it's sort of appropriate, actually, that uh, we do have we have a show planned for today. The show must go on, right? Uh, we have a show planned for today, and it is about a campaign in, within uh, the New York City DSA. Ecosystem, if you will, that represents a a real and imminent threat to uh, one of the world's most um, powerful institutions um, that's based right here in our backyard, Wall Street. So today, um, in our podcast version of Revolutions Per Minute, we're going to educate, agitate, and organize around uh, the campaign for a public bank. And to do so, um, I have a very special guest, a very good friend of mine, actually, um, here in the studio uh, to tell us a little bit about um, what uh, the state is of that campaign and and how those interested can get involved um, with it. So Ramon, um, hi, welcome. How are you today?
2: So great to be here, Amy. It's a pleasure and it's an honor. And I just want to say, I'm, as a socialist, as a committed uh, member of the Democratic Socialists of America, we stand in solidarity with the wonderful, wonderful staff and the workers over here at WBAI uh, as they are have been caught and entangled in a clear power play. Uh, respect mm-hmm. to all workers and uh, solidarity uh, forever.
1: Solidarity forever.
2: Yes. Uh, but as to me, I'll... I'll I guess I'll talk a little bit about myself before I get into the, the nitty-gritty. So um, 10 years ago, I was a Fulbright grantee, uh, grantee to the uh, so- Soviet Republic of Lithuania, where they implemented full austerity measures during the economic crisis. Uh, so that really impacted a lot of my worldview. I, I went over on the Fulbright trip thinking that uh, it would just reaffirm my belief in the liberal, uh, neoliberal framework, and that challenged everything. So I became mm. obsessed with learning uh, – you know, heterodox, non mainstream uh, economic theory. And uh, back in uh, 2011, I began studies at the New School for Social Research here in New York City. Graduating in 2013, and uh, I bounced around, took some uh, student loan uh, debt type jobs, as well as bouncing around with the tech, uh, the service industry, a tech startup, briefly at the Doe Fund, a private nonprofit shelter here in New York City. And then uh, as a member of DSA beginning in 2017, I became active in the housing justice movement and volunteered hardcore for our comrade senator, state senator, Julia Salazar, Mm -hmm. for whom I currently work as a community representative. So we're here to talk about uh, the Debt and Finance Working Group's campaign to bring a public bank to New York City. And uh,
1: and uh, what is the debt and finance working group? I we were talking earlier about how they're, uh you know, economics is called the gray science, and debt and finance is a bit the, the gray working group. So That's tell right. us a little bit about the most fun working group within DSA.
2: Yeah, well, what's great is that we launched just in 2018 and a fairly new working group. But we we thought we saw we thought we saw an opportunity to um, organize specifically and call attention to. Issues of debt and finance. You know, long ago, our great comrade Karl Marx uh, prophesied or forecast that the eventual showdown in the evolution of capitalism was between industrial capitalists such as factory owners and the owners of physical means of productive capital versus the proletariat working class, the laboring class. Uh, increasingly, in 2019, in this uh, evolving neoliberal framework, the contrast, the conflict, actually, perhaps, has pivoted towards a conflict between debtors and creditors, as we face a multi-billion-dollar, uh, and centering the trillion student loan uh, debt problem mm. right, that millions of students face every single year. There's medical debt because we have failed to adequately that the capitalist system has failed to provide an adequate uh, social safety net for those who cannot afford a health care or health insurance. And we also have consumer debt and credit card companies uh, out there. So we thought it's a mo- wonderful opportunity, especially in light of the Occupy Wall Street movement and a general consensus or an emerging consensus that Wall Street is not our friend. So right. working our work, debt and finance working group is uh, trying to take the charge on this issue of bringing a public bank to New York.
1: Absolutely. And as we have talked about in the preparation for the show, the, the issue of debt, whether it be student loan debt, medical debt, credit card debt, housing debt, all the different types of uh, debt that people can be into is a a huge material issue for the working class. It's not possible to uh, build a, a healthy and productive life if you're struggling to, if you're struggling under a mountain of unpaid bills and the way that those pile up on people too and compound on each other, the way that bad credit can stop you from getting an apartment say Uh, it's used as a tool for discrimination Um, so it's uh, when we talk about these issues as as always Mm. it's not abstract it's not theoretical it's people's real lives and it's about um, working on that level to um, improve the lives of the working class so um, we think uh, we you and I (laughs) as well as uh, the debt and finance working group um, think that uh, one major blow for freedom in this struggle for uh, uh, working-class self-determination would be a public bank. Um, But what do we mean um, when we talk about public banking and uh, what's going on in in New York City around that effort right now?
2: So I'll talk about the the campaign to bring a public bank to New York City where we in the DSA are part of the coalition Public Bank NYC Mm -hmm. with some wonderful coalition partners. I I cannot uh, go without saying and giving shout-outs to our wonderful friends over at the New Economy Project, uh, at the Murphy Institute, NIPERG, uh New York commu- uh, New York Communities for Change (NYCC), and uh, dozens of others, and we are united in this effort. And now, uh, great question though: What is a public bank? Let's be specific. Uh, let us be very specific about this. Uh, the New York City government, like the New York State government, uh, places deposits and has deposits across private banks, in which they uh, they deposit tax revenue fees in the hundreds of millions and in the billions. Mm-hmm. And there are 19 what's called depository status banks in uh, New York City. Um, and our money, our tax dollars, are literally deposited there. The problem with that is those dollars from our tax revenue and fees and such are then loaned out to the worst, the worst fossil fuel uh, companies, the worst Ugh. evictors in <laughs> New York City. So it's in this really perverse way. Our very own money is being loaned out right to melt the planet it exacerbates climate change. We'll talk about this a little bit later, but in sum, uh, the public bank would then divest those monies mm-hmm. from Wall Street mm-hmm. and use it to capitalize a publicly owned bank, democratically controlled board. We'll get into some of the nitty gritty, but it is a way to democratically uh, democratize, I'm sorry, to democratize our financial system and um, re, uh, retake and seize the financial means of production.
1: Love it. Super into it. Um, folks, you're listening to uh, Revolutions Per Minute. Uh, we're broadcasting uh, on your favorite podcast app. Uh, to connect with us after the show, you can email revolutions nyc or sign up for our newsletter. You can do that on our website, revolutionsperminute.simplecast.com. You can also find us on Twitter, at NYCRPM. And today we're talking about uh, public banking in, in New York City, although um, public banking is actually a, a nationwide effort, and from what I understand, it's a, there's a nationwide nationwide uh, coalition that's building. And um, uh, there was recently, as in uh, last week, right, there was a big victory out week. in California. So would you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Well, there was a statewide movement in California, as throughout the country, actually, there's a movement towards, you know, democratizing the people's money, whether at the municipal level or the state level. California, and this is to the credit of their, of their uh, movement, as well as uh, their state legislature and governor, Governor Newsom, for signing a bill that enables and clears the path at the state level for n- municipalities should they choose to set up their own, pub, uh, their own public banks. Mm-hmm.
1: So at the state level, it enables, that's the word, yes. it enables cities to set up public banks. So this bill that just passed last week in California doesn't establish a public bank, no. but it paves the way for the cities of California to do so.
2: Exactly, exactly. It puts the ball back in the court of the municipalities so that they can take their case of the people and that their organizers of various um, public banking chapters and coalitions, whether it be in Los Angeles and Oakland and San Francisco, uh, they can then, without any fear of challenge at the state level, um, pursue the public banks. For example, in Los Angeles just last fall, They got 42 percent of the vote for a referendum to establish a public bank for the city of LA, despite having only about three, four months of actual campaigning time. And um, a vast majority of uh, uh, Californians just weren't sure or weren't sufficiently outreached enough. So they took some hard lessons from that, as well as uh, as well as hard lessons about building up stakeholders. They got the the support of various labor unions and ecological or environmental groups on board, as well as housing justice groups on Mm -hmm, board. mm -hmm. Um, And it was really a wonderful effort. And we really hope to duplicate and replicate that here in New York. If California can stand up to Wall Street and the biggest banks, certainly we can here in New York City.
1: Absolutely. Although it is, um, you know, on us incumbent to remember that we are in different conditions here in New York City. And one major difference is that um, we couldn't do it as a referendum, which is an option that they had in, in L.A. So this is going to go to the city council. Yeah,
2: absolutely. For, so at at right now, the current uh, orientation of the of uh, the coalition of which we're a part, uh, Public Bank NYC, uh, would would be ideally pursuing this at the city level. Um, in part because of yes, here in uh, in progressive New York, we have an extremely extremely difficult and rigorous process just to establish a referendum. And so our course, yeah, would have to be either at the city, possibly at the state level. Hmm. Uh, this, I, I can't uh, give up the opportunity to give shout out to the public bank in uh, north dakota the only uh, public what's bank what's
1: up <laughs> public bank of north dakota <laughs> That's
2: right. set up in the uh, the chaos of the great depression uh, to protect local farmers uh, from uh, bankers who were trying to foreclose on their property uh, during the great recession the public bank of south dakota i'm sorry north dakota uh, did not did not leverage up and did not uh, need to shut its doors because they did not engage in risky speculation. They were focused mm. on returning those profits and uh, to re- be reinvested in the community. And uh, although I talked about the doomsday, about some of the more negative aspects of, of, uh, of the problems of private finance, I'd love to talk, and we're going to expand a little bit more, on the positive visions, what you can do with the public bank—that once it's been capitalized, once we have these funds that are our, that is our money—we can then loan it out to the communities, to especially long oppressed, long marginalized, disinvested communities of color.
1: Absolutely, and one of the things that you mentioned to me um, is one of the is that public banking opens the door in a really significant way to cooperatively owned businesses, right? Because as it stands, from what I understand. Uh, each member of the cooperative must have good credit in order to get a business loan right exactly
2: um, as co-equal owners of the business entity they're all treated equally mm-hmm. therefore if you just have one person on on your proposed uh you know cooperative uh, pro- cooperative business who may have yeah may not have the best credit or maybe had one time had been incarcerated right for any number of reasons uh, in a public bank we wouldn't Obviously, focus on those kind of measures we can take up we can because of the profit margin is not our overriding factor risk. We can take on risk.
1: Absolutely. And so a a cooperative. So as socialists, we're all about worker owned businesses. Right. So a cooperative could choose to assume a certain amount of risk amongst itself. Right. Rather than pitching that decision over the bank, who's going to make the loan?
2: That's right, and part of this has to do with the fact that the board, uh, the boards of a public bank, under our our vision, would actually be from the community. Mm-hmm. You would have some technical expertise, no doubt about it. We don't uh, we don't over uh, under, under view the, the the enormity of the task in front of us. However, when they when the, the people in charge say it's too complicated or it's complex, you know they're you know they're trying to put one over you, and we need people who represent all walks of life. As part of these, uh, as part of a public bank and the boards, as opposed to completely unaccountable investors, completely unac- disconnected from any semblance of community building, of uh, of economic and social justice, racial justice, anything uh, and everything, our money ought not to be uh, decided and lend out by unaccounted, uh, I guess, investors.
1: Absolutely, and that's something that I really, personally, as a non-economist and as somebody who. Uh, <laughs> Has said in the past that I reject the fundamental uh, the fundamental premise of uh, economics <laughs> the way that some people reject the fundamental premise of astrology. Uh, <laughs> I like the idea of a public bank because it seems to cut across so many of these different issues. You know, one thing that we talk a lot about on RPM and I talk a lot about in my organizing life is that nothing is separate. Right, that everything is connected and everything feeds into each other. So, uh, when we look at this campaign at, uh, as the thing in itself, we can also see the way that it supports our goals for uh, the eco socialist future, for a decommodified housing, uh, a future where housing is decommodified, for a future where institutions have community control. All of those things are touched by the campaign for a public bank. Um, but what makes the campaign for a public bank really also quite exciting is that it feels achievable. It feels achievable even though I think that it there, we are up against one of the world's most formidable foes in Wall Street. Um, I, as an organizer, one of the other things that I like to come back to is uh, what are we up against? Um, in the case of organizing for something like Medicare for All, we're we're up against the the interests of the health the private healthcare industry, which is uh, a monster. Um, sure. But even something like the private healthcare industry, I think, fades in comparison to to Wall Street. So, um, before we talk more about um, how listeners can get involved um, with the campaign for public banking, let's take a moment and talk a little bit about uh, the opposition and um, maybe what we can do to, to counter it.
2: Right, so obviously uh, we've got Wall Street to deal with, Wall Street and the the fossil fuel companies mm-hmm. and the real estate speculators wh- to whom they give and lend out, once again, our own money.
1: And especially in New York City, the the real estate uh, interests can't be overstated as, a, as an influence, particularly in politics, which we've talked about extensively here on R- RPM.
2: Right, we have we have New York City designated banks. Right, they actually lend to the worst evictors in the city. I want to point out: Bank United, Capital One, J.P. Morgan Chase, Flushing Bank, Peoples United, Signature. Some of those are massive. What you just heard, Chase, right? But there's also medium sized ones: Bank United, Signature. They're not the biggest banks in the world, but they finance 19 of the 23 worst landlords mm-hmm. in a report put out by the Right to Counsel organization. Eight hundred million dollars of city funds, of public funds, are on deposit at those six banks.
1: Eight hundred million.
2: Now watch this. The practical ma- uh, consideration for banks is that they are generally in the practice of, and this is this is historical, of loaning out ten times what the deposit is. So I'm not gonna. I don't need a calculator to say that eight hundred million times ten is the amount of capital that they've leveraged up. On behalf of the worst uh, climate Wait, I
1: might need a calculator yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 800 million times 10 is that okay are we talking about billions I'm not playing dumb I'm actually being dumb in this moment that
2: would go to 8.8 billion okay yes so the the, the point being that JP Morgan Chase, just, just to highlight this with regards to our eco-socialist comrades I don't want to I don't want uh, let, to let JP Morgan off the hook they from 2016 to 2018 they received $196 billion from J.P. Morgan Chase over a three-year period. They were the number one banker out of 100 companies that have been expanding fossil fuels. That includes uh, fracking. That includes mm. deep water exploration of oil and gas. That includes J.P. Morgan Chase is the number one banker of the coal mining industry. Wow. Uh, the number two banker of fracking i i cannot emphasize enough that that to say like we can argue about the mechanics of how a public bank would do this or that but we i i, I don't know if we need to reflect further on whether we need to divest from these private banks sure uh like likewise let's ha- let's talk about housing ju- let's talk about housing justice and economic justice we, there are different models out there to support affordable housing such as a community a land trust mm-hmm. uh cooperative housing units uh, but they, these individuals don't have access to credit. Right. And who is there to provide the credit if not the people itself?
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the things that, that you mentioned to me, uh, that, that really struck the, uh, the hardest, um, was, um, we made a deliberate choice to reference Occupy Wall Street, uh, in this, the narrative of this show. Um, And and one of the things that you had said uh, was that some of the rhetoric around that moment uh, That the counter narrative was that the the protesters weren't proposing an alternative They're saying down with big banking, uh, but they don't have any solutions. This is the solution We have it. We know what it is now. What we need to do is organize toward it
2: Yes like, deep within the recesses of my memory, I remember in fall uh, 2011 being a grad student, uh, and the new school had this really awful student housing on William Street in Fulton. And we were able to go over to Zagradi Park and talk with the Occupy Walls, uh, Wall Street Post uh, protesters. And, yeah, I remember the contempt with which Occupy protesters were held, to, you know, mm-hmm. by saying, well, what, what's your answer? What's your solution? I suppose because they wanted white papers and, uh, you know, backed up by PhDs to talk about the very simple fact that the Wall Street— which destroyed the economic system of the world and sent thousands of people into unemployment and a foreclosure, uh, had been bailed out and Main Street got sold out. And now yet, as you say, we have a plan. And uh, really, a lot of the Occupy movement and and the demand for policy solutions, hey, it's come full circle. We're now advocating for Medicare for all. We're advocating, in in fact, our eco-socialist comrades are advocating for public, (laughs) municipalized power to get rid of uh, the the monopoly that we have here with National Grid on Gas and with regards to... uh, uh, Con Ed on electrics,
1: mm-hmm. right? Exactly, and so now we see. You know, it's less than ten years later. We're here. Uh, we're a resurgent left in New York City, and uh, we have we we know what we need to do. Uh, we we have the energy. Uh, we have the intelligence. As we see, we we've got the intelligence right here. It's you. <laughs> um, but uh, what we need uh, to to pull these things off is. We need you out there um, listening. Um, You are the people who are going to build this socialist New York City and this better world and this better future. So um, Revolutions Per Minute listeners um, who might want to um, get involved with this specific campaign uh, for public banking um, could do so in a a few ways. Um, What would you suggest to them, Ramon? All
2: right. First and foremost, we need a variety of different forms of support and help some of these uh some of the kind of needs as we expand our coalition is to really get out there in front of the community um beginning with coming to some of our workshops and mm-hmm. uh public events mm-hmm. all right sponsored by we and uh the new york city dsa debt and finance working group but obviously you know our wonderful friends and partners in the broader public bank nyc coalition so you are more than welcome to follow our um Twitter, follow us on Twitter over at Debtors uh, NYC, and I think we can list that out later.
1: Yeah, I'm seeing something different okay. uh, for the the Twitter handle.
2: Oh, DSA Debtors. Yeah. So sorry, my eyes just skipped down there. At
1: DSA Debtors.
2: At DSA Debtors as well as at Public Bank NYC. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, we've had some great success. There's a lot of momentum, but obviously there's so many struggles when it comes to confronting you know, the multifaceted monster that is 21st century ca- neoliberal capitalism. Of mm-hmm. course, we have racial justice issues to confront. We have obviously eco-social, and we have obviously a healthcare crisis. But amidst all that, we really do need some intellectual capital and support with regards to some of the legal reasoning. So Mm -hmm. there's a bit more of a wonky aspect to the kind of support we need, but we've gotten great, wonderful, wonderful analytical legal research from some very brilliant pro bono attorneys who have been part of a lot of of, uh, various legal aid services that focus on people who have been the victims of predatory finance. Uh, So we need that respect. But we also need people that are definitely dedicated to getting on the ground you know canvassing and flyering for some of these public uh, workshops right. we don't want to be if the if it turns out that our initiative maybe doesn't pass in this particular session at city council or our state enabling bill which we'll talk about hasn't passed um we don't want it to be because people didn't know about it
1: sure no no right. that, no and that's something that we have control over right uh, that's right. we can do the outreach we can knock the doors and uh
2: and one obvious thing, and I completely failed to neglect it: uh, State Senator James E. Sanders from Southeast Queens, as well as my boss, State Senator Julie Salazar, over from uh, North Brooklyn District 18, have co- great teeth. Yes, wonderful, wonderful uh, team of legislators, and they have introduced a uh, New York version of the enabling bill that California recently passed. It was adopted almost, you know, uh, almost the exact same content and the exact same effect. So we've got those intru- that introduced in the Senate state Senate and we heartily invite all listeners to write to their look up your local assembly member and look up your local state senator and let them know that they can support uh, the uh, James Sanders bill that is currently on uh, been introduced over up, up up in Albany and
1: that would be that's um, you told me it was copy and pasted from the California legislation right it's a it's a state level enabling bill um, that protects cities uh, to Create public banks, right? So it's something that's already happened. It's happened in California. We're we're trying to bring it here to New York as uh, as a essential aspect of the long term picture of of building the public bank. Absolutely, great.
0: Is it all right if I just jump in here real quick? Please I think do. Please As do jump you in were here. hinting at before, Amy, in your transition to this topic from our update on the lockout here at WBAI, I think something else that. Public banking offers, you're talking about cooperatives. We have a media ecosystem that is so dominated by corporate power. And when it's not, and even things that look like they're not dominated by corporate power, institutions like NPR are highly reliant on corporate donors and foundations that are really just means of evading taxes for the richest people in our society. So this shapes the way that they cover content. Mm -hmm. And the reason, part of the huge reason an institution like BAI and Pacifica, in general, is in financial trouble, is because there's no access to credit, uh, and it's reliant on listeners, and that's great. That's a much better model than being reliant on corporate donors. That enables a sort of a different sort of content, but it also limits the resources that this sort of institution has. So a public bank could be really critical and kind of developing like a network of media worker cooperatives. We're seeing all this union organizing going around media workers. And if we find a way to fuse this organizing on the ground, this building of working class institutions with the capacity to deliver resources, it could be transformative in the way that uh, um, our entire society is organized, but also just in this specific instance, how we talk about things and how we understand the problems in our world. Uh, and I'll I'll jump back out, but this is a really fascinating conversation.
1: No, absolutely, and I think um, you know, it, as I as I said before, it's all hooked into the same ecosystem, and uh, here in New York, and and nationally and internationally that is so overdetermined by the interests of capital and when we break out of that w- the the universe opens up in, in so many different ways right. um, the other thing the thing that I thought you were gonna say uh, Jack Devine was uh, hey City Council Uh, aren't there going to be some socialists running for city council in 2021? The answer is yes, there are. Um, And you've heard about it on RPM in the past, and you're going to hear more about it as well. So that's another one of DSA's campaigns that has a a concrete connection here. As we work to build grassroots power and elect socialists to local office, that also drastically opens up the type of legislation that we're able to uh, envision.
2: Cool. And I want to speak to that specific uh, bill number to the legislation. So, if if all the listeners could then kindly contact their uh, state l- representative.
1: So get out a pen. Yes,
2: this is S five six six five. Sanders is the prime sponsor. Uh, Salazar is a co sponsor. So please uh, express your support, your passion for S five six six five, which sets, which clears the way for municipalities in New York, i.e., New York City, to fight and legislate their own city uh, public bank. And,
1: yes. Wonderful. And as we've we've had a chance to talk about a little bit today, uh this this campaign offers a lot of possibility uh to, to the working people of New York City. So that's what we're all about here at, at RPM. Um the future is uncertain um in in multiple ways, but what is not certain is our dedication to um, the cause. So thank you so much, uh Ramon. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Reggie, uh, for helping us uh, record this episode of Revolutions Per Minute. This is the uh, podcast of the New York City Democratic Socialists of America, and uh, we'll see you on the streets.